What is going on, Whisper Nation, and welcome in to another episode of TFW Live. It is episode 263, and if you are new to the Fantasy Whispers, go ahead and consider hitting that subscribe button, hitting that like button on whatever platform you're on, on your way in. My name is Big Travi. I am one-third of the Fantasy Whispers, and I am joined by my co-host today, Austin Sear, who you can find on Twitter at Austin underscore R underscore Sear. And Johnny Game Time Hicks, who you can find on Twitter at Johnny underscore Game Time. Boys, we get to talk rookie running backs today. We've got three weeks until the NFL draft. So that means we get to pick it up on our rookie talk. And so, Austin, I'll start with you, man. How excited are you for this rookie running back class? Dude, I'm so excited, man. I'm well, how excited am I for this rookie running back class? Eh, you know, I think I'm yeah. excited. You know what I mean? There's there's certainly some players who are going to have impacts for both their NFL teams as well as your fantasy teams. But the class itself is a different conversation. I just love this process, man. I love getting familiar with who the incoming prospects are, getting a take on them before we've seen them hit the NFL floor and then watch as they progress you know you get you do get to identify certain qualities and and think of how this will play well with different teams and i'm just excited to watch that unfold even if they don't end up being hall of fame type of production it's just really fun to watch new guys coming in and doing what they do yeah to austin's point johnny each year we get a little bit more nerdy we get a little bit more (laughs) behind the curtains with these running backs right uh to be appropriate we mean like on their play not we're not going behind the curtains with them unless they maybe it's consensual i don't know you won't Uh, but johnny i want to talk a little bit about the running backs obviously and and what it's been like you know that process wise because it it makes the draft so much more fun when we watch it we're going to watch it together with whisper nation but do you kind of feel the same way austin's talking about just this process being a beautiful thing Oh, absolutely. You you hear all the speculation, all, you know, where players could land. You have that whole mystery box. And really, like, that's a big part of it is where these guys go. And then ultimately, what kind of production we can kind of expect based on that. So it is really fun seeing, you know, what kind of makes these players go and then like what kind of system would fit best. And that's where this is kind of fun, because now we can to speculate, you know, where we would like to see these guys go based on what we're seeing on tape what they might fit well with. So that part's exciting. And then, of course, it's always exciting when you're talking fantasy football with your boys and then you get to see where they end up going and then you get great debates out of that. So this is just the beginning process. It almost feels just like, you know, almost like 12 days of Christmas kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you get the you get that first little present, right? And you're like, oh, this is this is pretty sweet. We This is just the beginning, baby. Yeah, that's true. I was talking to Austin a little bit about this is the first part, right? We're going to talk about where they're at without teams. Then once they land on a team, we're going to talk about that, too, because that means a whole different thing. Opportunity and situation means so much with what's going on. Well, you guys have said hello to the hosts. we got to say hello to who's in the chat right now. Calvin yeah. Brown in there. Do it 420. Thank you guys for up, stopping guys? in here. Tell us where you're watching from, what platform you're watching on. And and again, give us a like if you can on whatever platform you're on. It really helps us grow. Uh, we're trying to get up to 3,000 subscribers over on YouTube. Help us hit that mark. We'd like to get there before the season starts so we can continue to pump out fr- fresh fantasy football content for you on the daily. All right, we are moving into, before we get into the rookie running backs, we've got a, a few things still happened. It wasn't like the peak of this free agency period, but there are some news that came out uh, this week. And one of those was that we had another wide receiver one, get a massive deal. Um, Another mega deal says Adam Schefter bills reached an agreement with Stefan Diggs on a four year, 140, 101, $104 million extension. So that includes 70 million guaranteed sources tell ESPN um, that the deal ties Diggs to Buffalo for six more years at $124 million with the intent on both sides to have him retire in Buffalo. So, guys, let me ask you, let me, let me ask you this, Austin. In an offseason where our alpha wide receivers are getting traded left and right, yeah. the Bills lock up Josh Allen's guy here. We mm-hmm. look at Diggs really quick here. So yeah. PPR ADP was wide receiver three last year. He was uh, at the beginning of the first or beginning of the second round, and then he finished – as the wide receiver seven in PPR, he's being drafted there right now. Wide receiver seven, two Oh seven is his ADP. Mm-hmm. Is his ADP too high, too low, or, or do we think that's just right for Diggs and in, in redraft? I don't have a problem. If you evaluate Stefan Diggs as the number one wide receiver, 
in redraft coming in this year because he has the continuity. He has the skill set. He has his quarterback with a solid relationship. You don't those all of those combinations coming together can result in. I'd actually say I'd be surprised if they didn't result in another wide receiver one finish. And when you just look at the other wide receivers that are as talented or in that same kind of category as stuff on digs, we got major question marks, Tyreek Hill, Devonte Adams. I even love Jamar chase, but T Higgins is in the mix. Another young blossoming receiver over there for Cincinnati. There's just not as many question marks for stuff on digs. Yeah. Like Gabriel Davis could come in and have a bigger impact. Uh, for the Bills and get more market share. But I think that's overall good for the Bills, and it still doesn't take away from the relationship we see Allen and Diggs have. It's a real tight match, and I think that just continues to do what it does. I'm not saying I think he's the number one overall wide receiver, but I think he's about as safe as you can get aiming for a wide receiver one. Yeah, I mean, obviously Cooper Cup is going to be the hot, you know, wide receiver one that we talk about, uh, you know, for this season. But if we look at guys like Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, they left their old situations. These would be guys mm-hmm. that would be drafted ahead of Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is the, you know, one of the few guys left that the continuity is is enwritten and enriched as uh, Austin was getting at there. Johnny, we're going to move on to the next one, but I want to ask you a little bit about A.J. Brown here. The Tennessee mm. Titans are not going to be shopping him or taking calls on A.J. Brown. Per sources, the GM, John Robinson, made it clear in the owners' meeting they are currently working towards keeping Brown a Titan for the long term. That's So, so they're Diana accepting – so, so, so in essence, they, they are taking deals or, or offers for A.J. Yeah, Brown. Yeah, I mean, at this point in this offseason, you can't believe a single thing any of these people No, it's say. just like it, it, they're they're like, oh, you know, like Pete Carroll, you know. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, Russell Wilson's going to be our quarterback for the future. Oh, See you later. We're, we're trading him, actually. Yeah. Right after this. So, well, it makes uh, a lot of sense, right? Yeah. Right. Fight some chatter. Titans look to be keeping A.J. Brown for now. Last yeah. year, if we look at A.J. Brown, 9.1 points per game. That ranked him as the wide receiver 22 with Julio gone and Robert Woods replacing Julio. Johnny, what is A.J. Brown ceiling this season? I don't know. Is is Woods actually going to be replacing A.J. Brown? That's going to be the question, right? Like that. I don't know. Uh, no, I'm just, I, I don't think they're going to go that far. Uh, I don't think that they end up trading him. Why would you like this guy has the making of the ultimate alpha one. He just kind of get he gets banged up a lot. So um, and we tend to see and now what I say is injury prone. I don't know if I necessarily like kind of I mean, we generally don't like to go that way anyway, but I, I wouldn't say like his injuries concern me to the point where I don't think that it should really temper or, or hinder what you think of him as far as what he could do uh, when you're drafting next year. I think that he, he still has the tremendous upside to be a top five wide receiver. And again, he's got a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill that does like to target him quite often. So uh, I do think he ultimately ends up staying there in Tennessee. And I think that he actually has a really high chance of having a really good season next year. Can I just ask really quick? Can I ask really quick? What's up this? Like we see some teams going crazy for wide receivers. We're going to pay you $30 million a year, lock this guy up. And then it's other teams like Tennessee and Seattle where they've only got one receiver, but they got a really good one. And there's trade talks about them getting rid of the guy. What like, well, in Seattle's situation, I don't know why AJ Brown is being, I mean, he's, he's, they still have a lot of their nucleus together. I don't know why Tennessee's even considering that, which makes sense yeah. why the GM would say we're not. Seattle makes sense. After you trade Russell Wilson, everything should be on the table. You should be looking at everybody being available in that situation. I so I think that's why in a rebuild, and, so. and DK are because they said they weren't in rebuild, but they are clearly. Yeah. They've, they've yeah. shown us they are. Um, so, yeah, I, I would I would think that's the situation. But Green Bay is another one that I look at, and it's like, what are we doing? You know. But what from what I've read on Green Bay – they are really going to be committed to using the draft for wide receiver and, and help this year. So we'll see either yeah, that or that making trading deals. two first rounders yeah. right now for DK Metcalf. And you know that's going to work out. Like, you know Please that's going to work out. Yeah. So it's like, I'm I doing don't that understand. in Madden so fast. Yeah. And that's Whisper Nation, let us know in the chat if you'd be willing to trade two first rounders. If you were Green Bay, trade two first rounders for DK Metcalf. Our panel's unanimous in thinking that we could be able to do that and should do that. Um, but we, let us know. And that's probably where, and again, I, I think that that's where, of course, we would do it. And most people would probably do that because it is a somewhat, you know, like 
Well, I, I sent DK, that text but... to a couple of Green Bay fans, and a couple of them have said, I don't think DK is worth two firsts. And I said, well, this is the problem. <laughs> Anybody that comes in and could get, you know, Green Bay to the next level is worth two firsts. Like, in the world, he's worth two firsts. Here's, here's why, picks, dude. But Here's why he's worth two firsts. One, he's a first-round talent. He's good enough. He has already shown us that multiple years now. Even though it was a down year last year, DK is a first-round talent. He's young. There's no injury concerns. So he's worth that first-round pick. Why do you pay another first-round pick? Because you know what you're getting. In the draft, you're picking up a mystery box. DK, DK Metcalf is not a mystery box. He might have a couple of question marks. But we know what he's about. We know his age. We know what he's capable of. And I want that on the Packers. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that that isn't what you're getting. All of that is very much true. But, oh, Jersey J. What's up, Jersey J? All the uh, way from I, Italy. You better be eating some pasta right now. But the problem, <laughs> the problem and the issue is, is that no team is going to pay that because they don't need to. They can they can mm. hold out and say, okay, like I'm not going to give you, you know, because DK only has one more year left. I think I think if you know he was in his second year, then I do think that it would be much more, uh, you know, pronounced upon as far as mm. what that kind of offering is. But I think it's because you know he's all these wide receivers are making a big money and they're going to have to pay DK next year. So that's more so why like. <laughs> teams are that's been set in this offseason is wild if your wide receiver one is tied to your franchise quarterback but you have cap issues and need you know and need to figure it out i mean you've we've opened the door the chiefs and packers have opened the door to trading alpha wide receivers there's not going to be a single alpha wide receiver that's safe to like lock up and finish their career with a single team now because of the way that this precedent has been set here with with these teams so it's really interesting to see how this this offseason will evolve and how the cap will evolve and from going forward. I just got to ask the Bengals need to do everything they can to get crazy talent right now on that roster. Am I right? Considering yeah. you got Joe Burrow, mm -hmm. Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins all on rookie deals. Well, that's well, what they, they were saying. They their offensive line. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've taken those rookies. They've got the weapons. Um, and they've basically taken the offensive line now. And they've got them all under these, you know, good contracts. So they basically said, you know, down the road, we'll look at Burrow's contract, but not not today. Don't yeah. have to do it today. Not today. Well, not today, but earlier this week, the Texans signed Marlon Mack, a source told ESPN. Austin, last year we made so many jokes about the uh, Texans' backfield. We watched it kind of like a bad car wreck. Does Marlon Mack inspire you to invest in Houston's running back room this year at all? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's their offense is man. What talk about a turnaround for the Houston Texans? You know, they go from David Johnson and uh Philip Lindsay, and they get to now get to deal with Marlon Mack. Man, you know, I, it's just more of the That's, same. Hey, how do you right eat now? an elephant one bite, one at, bite a time, at a time? Right? Yeah, one bite at a what? Doing. Eventually, they'll get to an elite running back. They just they, one they bite have at to. a time. Yeah, they have to. No, man, I think it's just more of the same. I think we see more of this kind of questionable judgment coming out of the Texans front office. I just don't totally know what they're trying to do. I mean, Hey, Marlon Mack is fine. I hope that his health is with him, and he could be a decent running back for him. I mean, all of their running backs are like kind of decent for them. You got Rex Burkhead, you got uh Philip Lindsay coming in there. Like David Johnson even had some moments. It, it I, he'll, he'll kind of get it done, but he's, but he's not going to, he's not going to make you happy. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're, you're just, you're moving on. Yeah, moving on is what Johnny did in the underdog draft on Mock Draft Monday oh, last night. Oh, dude, yeah. Thanks. And then saying, I was trying nice to forget about that. <laughs> if you haven't seen that clip, go to our Instagram <laughs> oh, and check out Johnny dude. accidentally drafting Julian Edelman. I got to put that on Instagram. It was an accident. Brutal. He, he purposefully dropped uh, – and then tried to rub it in me and Austin's face that he got this deal. Yeah, because I thought it had gone through. What do you mean? It was no accident. And, the, and uh, it was, was an April Fool's joke, of course. Bro, you should have came out to L.A. last week and saw the Northern Lights. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Did you see that, though? They they put out an article. They've done it a few times now where they say, you can see the Northern Lights Northern in Los Lights Angeles. In and On April just... Fool's. Nice. Cold-blooded. That's just cold-blooded. Cold well, Debo, Debo Samuel could be pulling a little bit of an April Fool's joke, maybe. 
Ari Mariov of My Sports Update at My Sports Update says Debo Samuel has removed his 49ers profile picture, unfollowed the team, and has deleted over 80 posts. He was at 248. Now he's at 164 from his Instagram mm. account. Debo is entering the final year of his rookie contract. Could mean something, could be trolling, but it did happen. Johnny, after one of the most electric and dynamic seasons at the wide receiver position in fantasy football, are we buying or selling this as news for Debo lovers? I'm I'm selling it, dude. Like this is like this is what these guys do now. Like this is our day and age of being like, oh, we're gonna get back at you. Like I don't like how my contract negotiations are going, so I'm gonna take you off of my Instagram feed. And like that's supposed to be the biggest diss in the world. Who gives a shit? Like really, like in two in two months, you when you sign the contract, you'll just put up new pictures of you in 49ers gear. Like I, I can't believe it. I can't believe people really think this is a tactic that actually works. Like a team is really fearful, like, oh my gosh, he took down the profile picture. Like, who cares? You're gonna end up signing it. Like, I get like you're just Debo's trying to make a point. And I get, mm-hmm. you know, same similar to Kyler was trying to make a point, but like it's not going to do anything. It just makes us, it makes you, uh, and like I'm in, I'm part of this generation as well. So it just makes us look immature. And then people just don't understand what you're doing. And then in the end, you know, it's like only hurting you. So uh, as far as the, the contract negotiations go. So I can understand why he did it because, you know, they're probably saying, hey, like you're, you know, half of your, you know, touchdowns and stuff were rushing. We'll, we'll give you running back numbers because running, that's what they'll do. They'll like, and uh, GMs and, and teams will just use those tools and tactics uh, to try to pay the player less than what they deserve. So this is Debo's way, in my opinion, uh, of trying to get back at the 49ers, but I don't think it's going to work. Austin, anything to add here on Debo Samuel? Do you think, are you buying it? Are you selling it? What do you think? It depends on what we're actually buying or selling. If this is a question on Debo's overall satisfaction, I don't think you can say that Debo is fully satisfied unless he's trolling and he's just a funny guy. And in that case, that'd be fucking hilarious. And I would be I would love him (laughs) even more. Um, It reminds me of when Anthony Edwards was drafted first overall by the Minnesota Timberwolves in the NBA a couple of years ago. And he's like, you know, I actually want to be a football player, though. And I wish I would have been drafted in the NFL because you get to spike the ball. You get to do celebrations. They literally get to do whatever you want, and that's more attractive to me. So I, I wish I was a football player instead of an NBA player. And I remember reading that, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then you learn a little bit more about what Anthony Edwards is about, and you're like, this guy is hilarious. I love this. So if Debo's doing that, he might be my new favorite player in the NFL. Other than that possibility, though, man. He does have some pretty entertaining tweets. Like, he's pretty entertaining on Twitter. Yeah. So I can He's see a personality it. in some yeah. ways, too. But I also think he's capable of just using the tools around him and he's bold and he's willing to put himself out there to try to advance his own position. And I think that's what he's trying to do. And you using would only be trying tools to advance- around him. Is that a Jimmy Garoppolo? Was that a thrown shade of Jimmy Garoppolo? It wasn't intended to, but I'm always down for that. We <laughs> <laughs> can go that direction. No, but I think, you know, is he totally satisfied right now with where his contract negotiations might be going? He might not be. Does that mean anything? Not it, Not yet. It doesn't mean anything yet because this could just be a signal like, yo, make sure you treat me right. I'm just throwing up a little signal. It's a it's a casual signal, but let's make sure it stays casual. And it could. But this also could be the the beginning of a thread being pulled. That is a possibility. I can't look and see somebody make a conscious, deliberate effort. If we put trolling aside to say delete, delete, like you can't do those in bulk. You have to go one by one. Delete 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 Mm -hmm. like that's a very conscious effort so why are you doing it what are you hoping to accomplish maybe it can be a quick story maybe it keeps going but it is something for me to keep following at least until we get clarity on what's going on Ari should have given us exactly which posts were deleted if we could get a report on the posts you know maybe it was just about like time maybe he's just doing aesthetically cleaning up his instagram did we ever think about that Although he did delete the 49ers picture. So that's that's got to mean something. That's definitely some sort of like jab at them, I imagine. Well, the meat of the show here is the rookie running back class for 2022 for the top five guys. But before we do, Jersey J had a question for us. He says, is Hardman a top 20 wide receiver with Hill out of town? Question mark. Johnny, what do you think? Is Hardman a top 20 receiver? No. 
No. Um, he. I wish. He'll, he'll have games where he, he will definitely finish inside of that. I, you do like, you know, the little bit of sample that you saw where Tyreek did miss some time a couple of years ago uh, with an injury. Mikul came in. He did have some top 20 weeks. Uh, but again, I don't think he's going to be consistent enough. Uh, and I think that the more consistent targets are going to go to uh, either Juju or uh, Travis Kelsey. And then maybe if they draft one, um, but I don't MBS believe it's too. M- and MBS. MBS yeah, correct. For them. So, so I don't think that a Hardman ends up being a top 20. Yeah. I would imagine the the it's the same there. Austin says, or freak oh. stopper says peekaboo. What's good fellas. Yeah. Oh. It says, boom, yeah. peekabooed right at you. Good to he, thanks oh, for joining us. Freak Stomper, appreciate you. Yeah, that was a good one. Austin got you me like on that? that one. Yeah, Austin got good. me on that one. I was like, yeah. I was like, wait a second. Did, I didn't see a message saying that you had to use the restroom or something. <laughs> nah, that's a boy freak. <laughs> yeah, we love the peekaboo. All right. We also love rookie running backs, and we're going to dive into them now. Like I said, we've got five running backs. Technically, we've got six. What we've done is taken the top rookie running back rankings from pro football focus fantasy pros and dynasty league football.com we pulled the average of the top five running backs from those sites we're then going to take a look at each of those players via the draft guide on pff.com which you can get with their elite subscription that's going to give us stats comps and outlooks let's get into it guys also just a side note though some of the teams that we know might be in the market for running back. So we know Houston, we talked about them, Atlanta, Arizona. And I think teams like Miami, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Buffalo are likely to add a running back. So just for some context there. We're going to go five through one because we're going to save the best for last because that's just the way you do it in America. All right. Yeah, that's the that American hype. dream. Yeah. Build the hype. Well, our number five is actually a split, guys. It's two running backs. It's both running backs from uh, from Georgia, Zamir White and James Cook. But we've got a little bit of a situation here because most of the platforms we look at have Zamir White as the number five back. But PFF actually had it as James Cook, and they did not make a profile for our guy Zamir White. So really quickly on Zamir White, uh, he went to Georgia with, his, with James Cook, as we mentioned, six foot, 214 pounds pounds uh and player profiler comping him to damian williams guys when, when i looked at the tape and i know we all looked at some of the s- similar tape here on zamir white he kind of looked like a guy you know uh johnny had mentioned gus edwards just a guy that's going to get you three four tough yards kind of get down he's not gonna have your top end speed not gonna have your big play ability anything else you guys want to add here on zamir white because i think the more exciting guy here is going to be james cook oh uh, oh I, I was going to say I was going to say that I think he could end up being very serviceable for whatever NFL team he ends up assuming a role on. But as you talked about with Gus Edwards, you know, we like the metrics of Gus Edwards and his career averages in these things. And we're all still bummed out. He didn't get a chance to really show what he was about last season when he had presumably the majority of the workload available to him. But just like what we've seen Gus Edwards in the years where the Ravens have had him on their team with the role they had envisioned, he's a complimentary piece and you're going to need for him to be getting a lot of goal line work looks to be fantasy relevant. Um, on the cook side though, he does have that breakaway ability, which is always something you can swing for the fences with. Yeah. And so we'll just take a look at cook's profile here. I, I, Johnny, I don't know if you had anything else to add on Zamir white. I, I think I get why PFF probably didn't give him a profile. They didn't see him as one to be a guy that's going to really shock anybody and and get to the top of boards here. Do you have anything to add on Zamir White? The only thing I have to add is just that, you know, don't let Travis, you know, fool you right now. He was really upset that uh, White did not have a player uh, profile comp uh, in PFF's Johnny. Johnny has these crazy takes on, no, on players, dude. you know, these wild, hard stances, and he just has to have – he wants me to have one too on a guy like, you know, Zamir White, you know, in the fray, who's probably going to be like a sixth or seventh round pick. Uh, not happening, not really interested in Zamir White. Uh, I, could I, think- see, I could see Tendi grabbing someone like him uh, yeah. because I think that he would fit really well into that scheme and they need a backup for Derrick Henry, obviously. And and we talked about, yeah, he's just like a North and South runner. He's going to get you yardage, get yards, you know? So uh, I think that's the type of runner that, uh, that they like over there in Tennessee. So I, I could see him going there. 
Z saying it's hot in SoCal. What's going on, Z? Thanks for popping uh, Z, on. Hot in this chat room with Z in here. Z, we got to get you on in the next couple of weeks. Maybe wide receivers or QBs yeah. and tight ends. I really want to get you on here for uh, some talk about. Yeah, that you, your Devi brain is all up in there. Yeah. Uh, Austin, is it is it as hot as as Z saying? Was it hot? Dude, it's in, the, it's in like the mid nineties out here. Whoa. I know. It's it's I know. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. What's even wilder though is in like five days the low is supposed to be 45 so we're looking at a 50 degree temperature swing in like a five day period like crazy Oof. i mean that's some colorado to style stuff man we be, you'll get all four seasons in one day out here it's, it's really <laughs> wild yeah all the clothes stay in the closet all year <laughs> yeah, long <laughs> exactly all right so we'll jump into zamir white's uh teammate here james cook who we think is probably more of the top you know more of the fifth running back uh, and as we count down here, we're going to look at, again, like PFF's guide here, as we talked about, um, and we're going to talk about James Cook here, who is, in fact, Dalvin Cook's younger brother. Hmm. Um, so that's an interesting uh, situation that we've got oh, working. Back toy there. Yeah. Um, he is 5'11", 199, went to Georgia, obviously, that we talked about there. 728 yards, seven touchdowns, 27 receptions, though, 270 four receiving yards. Um, you know, he looks to be the big play guy. He's going to kind of hit the home run. We've got PFF comping him to Naheem Hines, or at least saying shades of Naheem Hines here. We have player profiler calling him an Andre Ellington style comp. So guys, when I'm looking at James Cook here and, and we've got a projected round of the fourth round, so still not getting into that juicy territory for us. He looks to be like they say, Naheem Hines, maybe a role player for one of these teams, a good scat back. Anything jumping off, you know, when we looked at the film, uh, Austin, I'll start with you with mm -hmm. James Cook here. Some of the words I wrote down reviewing James Cook's film was quick, shifty, hop and a skip. And the last one is dangerous, not destructive is how I looked mm -hmm. at James Cook. Yeah. Dangerous, but not destructive. He can break out a play. He could leave you trailing. Um, but he's going to need a couple of things to happen. He doesn't have the highest top end speed. It looks like he'll make some good plays, but probably not going to be breaking a lot of them away. You're going to, you're, you're almost going to be wishing you just had more meat on the bone. You're going to see some really exciting things, but that ceiling that I see from some initial review of James cook just looks a little bit lower. It doesn't have the size to break through. It doesn't have that top end speed to keep it going, but it's going to make a lot of really impressive plays all over the field. I'm going to be a good weapon for teams to have, but not the bell, bell cow type or vein of an offensive type of roles from what I'm seeing. Yeah, Johnny, the comp to Naheem Hines, you know, Naheem Hines was a former wide receiver that converted mm -hmm. as well, uh, I believe, when he was in college. If you look at the role that Cook played here, as you see, PFF points out, first in the nation in drops because he had zero, first in the nation in fumbles, he also had zero. So he took care of the ball, was a good playmaker for them. So do you kind of see – what Austin's talking about here is the weapon when you looked at James Cook as well. Are you excited about him profiling here? I'm not, you know, I do think, you know, I like my Georgia running backs. That's for sure. So you like that aspect of it. You also like, you know, his little, um, where's, you know, his family tree having his older brother in the NFL. You certainly like that, but I do have my issues with Cook as far as when I'm scouting him and how excited I am for him. If he goes to a zone running scheme uh, offense, you know, like a Miami Dolphins or Atlanta Falcons, uh, obviously 49ers, if they, need, you know, would have needed one, they got running backs last year. But in those types of schemes, you can have a, a running back like 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 Cook here, James Cook, and actually like he can hold up and do well, relatively speaking. However, if he goes to a different type of offense, I have my worries because I don't know that he can be a bell cow and be that kind of between the tackles. He needs to get to the edge. Look, I mean, you can see it right here where we're out wide. He had 42 attempts for 247 yards. He's great at getting to the edge and getting around and then using that, you know, speed and burst to really blow past defenders. So it really is going to boil down to where's the best or where does he land? 
will ultimately determine, hey, how much fantasy value or, or upside does Cook have? Now, if he does end up landing in Miami uh, with that you know, kind of mess of it, it could be a little bit like, but he could be really good in that kind of scene. Like that would be fantastic. I'd be really excited. Look, Johnny, the more running backs Miami gets, the better for everybody. Don't ask me how that logic stacks. It does. Okay. Yeah. Trust me. I love you. Looking at that Miami backfield may need us uh, to get a football therapist, like the football therapist who joins oh, us in the chat. What's going on, therapist? What's good? Good. So, yeah, lastly here on Cook, basically they, you know, PFF has him, you know, where he wins is the home runs. They think he's going to be profiles as a scat back and he needs to improve muscle mass. Uh, as he gets into the Who NFL, doesn't? be anything more. Yeah, exactly. So, again, they think he's a fourth round pick there. So we'll uh, move on to our number four running back, which is Rashad White. And we will get to his profile right about now. I love now. how the position traits here, it reminds me of like when you're picking, uh, you know, NFL Blitz. And they used to have like the teams and they'd have like the little bars that indicated. I just read Jersey Jay's question. Who Who is going to blow defenders? <laughs> <laughs> His it's BMI is past. too low. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Football therapist. His BMI yeah. is too low for me analytically. Yeah. analytically. Yeah. yeah, so that's definitely where we're at with James Cook. We're moving on to Rashad White here, who is actually projected by PFF to go later uh, in the sixth round. They say shades of a slower Kenyon Drake. Uh, they have him at, at six foot, 214 pounds. He went to Arizona State. So Johnny and Austin's backyard over there in Arizona State. And his comp on player profiler was actually David Johnson. So we have slower Kenyon Drake. We have David Johnson in his wheelhouse here. Over 1,000 yards in 2021, 15 touchdowns, and 43 receptions. So that's nice to, nice to see over 1,000 yards. Also really good in the receiving game as well. Um, so when we look at Rashad White, Austin, how, how would you kind of describe Rashad White? I'm going to describe Rashad White using words you might hear someone describe their partner with. Or, uh, you know, what do you look for in a significant other? Well, I'm looking for a lot of the qualities that Rashad White brings to the table after reviewing some of his film. I wrote down patient, thoughtful, present, realistic, not an athletic freak, but clever. And he's got a full bag. I watched Rashad White. He reminded me of Le'Veon Bell in some ways ooh, where he ooh. just that kind paused. of patience. Yeah. That's what I saw stand out the most. Like I saw okay. him, I saw him chill and watch what was happening and then make a make a read and make a play. And is his hurdles the best? No. Is his spin move the tightest? No. But he's got good moves across the board and he seems to pull them out at the right moment. And because of how clever and well-rounded he seems to be, even if that spin move isn't the hardest, even if that hurdle isn't the highest, He's still going to be making a ton of yards for you. And because he's able to read the defense, I think he's going to have a ton of opportunity. I'm excited just to watch what he's really capable of as he gets more and more comfortable. And those reads that he looks to be already ahead of the curve with begin to slow down even further. I think Rashad White could be a really sneaky running back in the NFL for years to come. Johnny, we have been down this road before where an Arizona State running back has kind of got us excited. Kalen Balaj, I remember scoring, what was it, like five touchdowns in one game or mm -hmm. whatever it eight, was. It was eight, wild. Eight, eight in one game. It was yeah. insane. Do you have a fear? Is that an, a valid fear here of Rashad White just because he's from Arizona State? Or what, what do you have to say about White's profile here? Yeah, I mean, that's my concern when it comes to White is the he went to ASU and ASU isn't really known for producing good running backs um, again. And I, I do think it's very ironic here that it says what's his role. They have him as third down running back slash wide wide receiver convert. I definitely could see a team kind of use him as, uh, you know, kind of like a Russell Gage kind of like uh, gadget kind of player. And at least for the first couple of seasons until he really kind of gets through and learns. The other thing I, I'm not exactly excited for uh, is that he was only a three-star recruit. Uh, generally, the hit rate on three-star recruits coming out of high school. And then as you can see, like he worked with it. Now, is, is that always happened? Like things have Ramondre Stevenson, for example, he went through that same route. But he went to Oklahoma where they're known for running backs. That's why I was a little bit more confident in that versus ASU. ASU just 
they don't really translate well as far as the running back. They're position. known for partying. They're known for partying. But <laughs> I could be wrong. I, I just am not super excited. And But I've also watched him a decent amount uh, with him going to ASU. Yeah, the football therapist says White could be a very nice back short term, has a nice receiving ability, bit older though, yeah. which sometimes is a concern. Jersey J saying White reminds me of James White. Mm-hmm great pass catcher can make moves in the open field. If we look at mm-hmm. some of his ranks among running backs last year, 2021, he was third in yards per route run at 2.24. Um, so you like that. That's the part about the convert here, man. These guys though, Austin, maybe just jump in here. If you have anything uh, to add on this, but guys that can, can convert like this, are we thinking that Debo Samuel Cooper cup, mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill have kind of opened the door for this positionless type football where we can get guys from running back, not saying he's going to be any of these guys, but yeah. you know, like the golden state warriors of football, you know, where we're going to start using different positions all over the field. Weapons. I think, I think we are going to see more of that. I don't think that Rashad white is going to be a poster child for that role. I am liking whisper nations comments coming in here and helping round out my evaluation on Rashad white. When Jersey J says it reminds me of James white, that actually to me is comparable and what i mean and what stands out the most to me is james white is known as a really responsible teammate he shows up he does his job he's been in the league for a really long time because he does the little things right we all know he's not the most athletic dude in the locker room but that has not gotten in his way of being productive now has he been a star no but he's a super bowl champ he's made big plays and his teammates trust him and that's what i see also about rashad white he might not elevate physically all that much but i don't think he's going to make a ton of mistakes for you and i think he's going you're going to like him on your team but you just have to have a little bit more talent around him as well does i don't want to say it does new england go and draft him as the james white replacement get him in the building Ooh, ugly I but did, could be I the bottom Washington, line that PFF would see Washington going after. Yeah, him. I mean they did bring back mm-hmm. um, McKissick, so I, I. But yeah, I mean definitely could happen for sure. Uh, the bottom line here is uh, per PFF, right? White is the rare project at running back. If you can rein in his running style a little, he can be a playmaker. It's a lot of what Whisper Nation's been saying. Austin and Johnny have been saying as well. So that uh, wraps it up for Rashad white, who is our, our fourth ranked running back by consensus across the platforms that we looked at. Number three is Johnny's boy here. Isaiah Spiller, who he has dubbed the pimp limp of our top five here. Yeah. He says he reminds him of, of, uh, Adrian Peter Peterson's pimp limp here. Let's get to his profile. Our guy from the Texas A&M. He is six foot two seventeen. uh, PFF grade of 83.1 last season. Over 1,000 yards with 1,016. Only six touchdowns, though. 25 receptions and 189 yards here. So we have a couple differing opinions here. Isaiah Spiller, as far as player profiler is concerned, they think he's TJ Yeldon. If we look at what uh, PFF says here, they say shades of Damian Harris. Mm. When you looked at him, Johnny, on tape, you really liked what you saw in his running style, his upright running style. You thought it looked a little bit like AP. Anything you want to add here on our guy Isaiah Spiller? Yeah, he showed like uh, he had good vision. That line wasn't the best there at Texas A&M. And so I liked what I saw when I watched the tape. I think that he... Yeah, it is a little bit of a concern that he runs more upright. You generally have to be pretty strong, especially in the NFL, to really succeed at that. But, you know, he's got running back coaches that could help him with that. Also, he is a strong guy. So he's like six feet tall, 214. He puts on a little bit, or 217, he could put on a little bit of weight. Could even be a little bit bigger than that. He does have some nice hands. Uh, so I, I do like what I, I'm seeing out of Spiller. I think he's, I think he's shifty. I think I think if he I, this is my own opinion or this is what I said to you guys uh, before the show. I do think that Spiller will be the surprise running back and he'll be drafted as the first running back uh, in oh. this draft. Yeah. Spiller. Yeah. I think Spiller will be the first running back in this. In this Whoa. Draft. Yeah. EFF has got him coming in the sixth round and you you think he's going to go the first RB. I, coming I, I think I think teams are going to really like what they see from Spiller. I think he's going to shoot up some draft boards. 
Hot take. I mean, they might I be they might be like teams might be super heavy on Cook. So maybe maybe that was a really stupid comment. But I do think that Spiller will be a guy that a lot of teams will actually start to covet more and more closer to. Uh, well, there, there's a lot to like in college production here. Uh, over a thousand yards in back to back seasons. He also almost nearly had a thousand in 2019 over five yards per carry. Austin, if we look at some of his ranks across the nation here or across the running backs in his class, not really a standout drops. He didn't have any drops. That's nice. So over 25 receptions each of the year, 18th in missed tackles with uh, 56. Anything you'd like to add here other than saying what's up to Ron? He said, I know everyone was super worried, yeah. but have no fear. I yeah. made it. Thanks, Professor Ron. Glad to yep. have you with us. Austin, what's your take on Spiller here? I thought he runs like a horse. Like, and I mean that in the good ways and the bad ways. He looks like he's got a strong gallop, got some giddy up to him as well. Um, but have you ever seen a horse competing in dressage? Like they show that they're not that nimble and they're like, you know, they like, it takes a lot for them to turn 45 degrees. And it looks like it takes Isaiah Spiller quite a bit to change his angle 45 degrees as well. And that, is going to be an interesting translation into the NFL for me. I think he's going to have some good plays. I just don't know if he's as diverse a running back. We talk about wide receivers and their wide receiver tree. We don't really talk about running backs and their running back trees. But if we were, I think that Isaiah Spillers looks limited. Yeah, football therapist and freak stomper agreeing with you. Therapist saying, man, that was bold, Johnny. 4.740 time killed him. I heard he's dropping like a fly. 4.63 pro day time to be exact. So slow. Yeah, freak stomper saying Spiller wasn't even the best back on his own team in terms of efficiency, and that's a huge red flag. I Jersey Jacob and saying Sony Michelle, he was a he was a first round pick, so Maybe we'll hey, see what well, and again, it's like, yeah, some of the, like the, the 40 time would definitely like that does hurt a little bit. But again, coaches will go back and watch the, like the the 40 time or, you know, once they see that they're going to be like, oh, well, that that kind of popped off the page that it was like a little bit. He came in slower. Let me look if that translates to the NFL, because realistically 40 times are irrelevant because they don't run in, you know, just their underwear and, and a t-shirt, uh, <laughs> you know, on Sundays. So game speed, baby. Yeah. Well, and to echo Johnny's point here, right. His role per PFF, they say, you know, his, his specified role gap scheme running back, they comped him to a Damian Harris, who we mm. all like, mm-hmm. we think Damian Harris is a really good pure runner. And then if you look at their bottom line here, their kind of summary here, Spiller may not have high end traits, but he has a complete NFL skill set. So mm. what we're seeing is he, he's a well-rounded back and somebody can make something out of him. So whether or not in Johnny's take about him going as the first running back off, yeah, I can see that being a little bit bold, but maybe what you're really looking for here is he's probably one of the most productive that comes out of this class because he mm-hmm. has all the skills in, in his repertoire. If he gets in that nice gap scheme, then maybe he can he can get it going. All right. Now, if there was a tier break, we we kind of, well, at least I think after looking at some film that Kenneth Walker stands above the guys we've talked about already. So there'd be a tier break here. He is our second running back uh, ranked as far as the consensus looking across the platforms. And we are going to move right along to him right here. PFF has him as their number one running back. They have him coming off in the second round. They say shades of D'Angelo Williams player profiler with some high praise giving his comp as Ladanian Tomlinson. If we look at what he's been able to put last year was in monster year for him over 1600 yards, 18 touchdowns, only 13 receptions for 89 yards. So not a lot of receiving work. And that's really what everybody's knock is on Kenneth Walker, because as a runner, absolutely dynamic 6.2 yards per carry. I mean, we watched him and I, you know, I know Brees Hall is getting all the love here, but Austin, when we looked at the tape, man, Kenneth Walker looked like the better running back. Now, I know I that's all highlights. It's highlights, but the highlights were nice. Yeah. I wrote down fluid, breakaway, no training wheels. Kenneth Walker was able to move wherever he wanted to move without being encumbered. I talked about Isaiah Spiller, you know, and, and a horse competing in dressage. Kenneth Walker just looks like a lacrosse ball, just kind of going where at rolling around wherever it wants to move. We're looking at a 40 time of 4.38, 98th percentile, a speed score of 114.7 per player profiler. That's in the 96th percentile. The eye test for Kenneth Walker with me, 
was very exciting from a fantasy perspective. This is the kind of guy that might have 10, 12 touches, you know, and 30 something yards and then just breaks one and he's gone. Mm -hmm. You can save your day on a single type of play. Those are my favorite types of running backs from a fantasy perspective. I'm really excited to see where Kenneth Walker ends up. That's obviously going to have a huge impact on what his projections are. We like Travis Etienne until Urban Meyer started calling him a slot receiver. And uh, we'll see what happens with Kenneth Walker. As you pointed out, his receiving stats don't back that up. I'm not concerned about that for his overall ceiling in the NFL. We've seen Todd Gurley say, hey, I watched David Johnson catch a bunch of passes. And if you want to be an elite running back in this league, you got to learn how to catch passes. And then he did. Um, I think Kenneth Walker could do that. I don't have enough information to point one way or another on the pass catching side, but I've just seen a lot of other running backs pick up that trade as they move forward. And I like what I see from him on the field. Whisper Nation liking what they see out of you and your look right now, calling you a vampire lumberjack, says Ron. Ooh, I like that. And Jersey Jay saying, yeah, Twilight takes on being lumberjacks. Uh, so they're they're digging the look here. And it's, it's in Oregon. Look. Is it Twilight in Oregon? Isn't it in Oregon? Probably filmed there. Or is it, uh, yeah, I believe is it, it is. Is it set there? I don't know. I never read it. So Actually, oh, well. I think it is. It is set there, I'm pretty sure. I read the first one. Oh. I won't lie. I won't lie. It was pretty good until uh, it got weird. So, <laughs> yeah. Like the show. <laughs> there's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's nothing weird about what Walker wow. has done compared to the other running backs in this class. If we look at this, he ranks first in yards after contact, carries a 50-plus yards, man. missed tackles forced. If we look at the other things that he ranks in, the top 10 yards after contact, missed tackles forced per attempt, zone attempts. Uh, so, really, he's got a lot to uh, to put here that you should like um, where he wins. PFF says everywhere. It seems like they really, they, he's their guy because they really hype him up here. What's his role bell cow. And then where he can improve is pass protection. Johnny, my only thing here is it, if, if most of the pundits are saying that Kenneth Walker's receiving is a red flag. And now they're saying PFF is even saying pass protection is a red flag. That would be probably why he is number two compared to Brees Hall, right, Johnny? Yeah, that stuff. I mean, if you can't pass pro, then you have no future in the league, unfortunately. But the nice thing is that pass pro, you can, you know, coaches are good at coaching and and getting guys to really evalu evaluate that game or if I can just elevation. Yes, <laughs> elevate his game. Thank it's you. like evolution, been, dude. I've been having trouble that speaking too. all day. Um, so I, I, I do want to know what scheme ultimately fit is going to be a little bit, uh, or is going to be a big thing here, but I was saying this to you guys before the show, I get that sense from Walker that he will be a lot like the Javante, uh, was last year where I could definitely see him going into a situation where there might be a, a like a, a veteran running. Actually, you know, Tampa Bay would be kind of. I, you know, one that would come to mind, you know, where there is like a veteran running back there who should be the starter, but, you know, similar to Javante, where you see these things, you're like, oh, this guy has the traits to be a bell cow. Like he can handle the workload, but yeah, he goes to Denver where he sits, you know, he kind of goes in tandem that first year with Melvin and then we'll see. But if he goes to something like that, I would not be shocked at all. Uh, it will be interesting if a team really believes in him that much uh, to like spend up on him you said it was a second round pick is what they they kind of yeah pff's got him go, coming off as the first well they say he's their first and they think he's gonna come off in the second round that makes sense to me i think walker and Brees hall get drafted in the second round and we'll talk about Brees here shortly but i think walker is just showing me so many things like austin said on tape i i love the word fluid there because it looked like water he just matriculates through the field with such ease it's he's he's really you know, we did this last year and the year before where I, I liked Daryl Henderson, you know, a few years ago because he looked the same way on film. I also like Javante Williams looking that way on film, too, because these guys get on film and you go, oh, OK, I get it now. I can look past receiving. I can look past some other things because, like, look, as football therapist says, Walker will be fine. He che he looks the part, checks most of the boxes and for his athletic profile, and receiving is his only concern. Again, we did this game already, though, with a Melvin Gordon, a Jonathan Taylor, where we liked them a lot, and I'm not saying that Kenneth Walker is those guys, 
but they did learn in the league to move their receiving needle more towards, you know, a all around back. I think he can get there too. He just will, you know, maybe if you're, if you're not a risk, if you're risk averse, maybe you go with Brees Hall over Kenneth Walker, but I think Kenneth Walker may have the bigger ceiling uh, just based on the way, what I'm seeing on tape. And look at this. I just want to point this out because, man, we should be jumping all over this. He led the nation in broken tackles and tied Jonathan Taylor and our boy Rashad Penny for the highest <laughs> yards after contact, baby. So, uh, yeah, let's see. Hey, is Seattle going to jump up and take him in the first round? I thought your boy Penny, dude. What the heck, dude? <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But, hey, you know Seattle. They like their guys. All right, guys, that brings us to our number one ranked running back. This is basically everybody. So if we were talking about tiers, uh, you know, I think what the industry sees here is Brees Hall in his tier of his own, then Kenneth Walker, and then everybody else. So Brees Hall was is, sorry, 5'11", 217 pounds. Player profiler comping him to Jonathan Taylor. J.J. Zacharyson saying he comps based – Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, even Rashad Penny, Johnny's boy here. And then, you know, you have PFF coming in with Kevin Smith, shades of Kevin Smith. So uh, I don't know how I feel about that PFF, but I do like what I see out of Brees Hall in college, over 1,400 yards in back-to-back seasons, over 250 attempts in back-to-back seasons, over 20 touchdowns in back-to-back seasons. So you really love what Brees Hall was able to do, Austin. He looked the take. He looked all, you know, very well-rounded, very smooth. What did you see when you watched Brees Hall's tape? When I watched Brees Hall's tape, I saw a prototypical runner. Mm-hmm. It was so standard. It was like you drew it up. It's like you had a really, really good student, all 12 grades, and here he is. He didn't look amazing to me at any one thing, but that's not really a problem because I think his reputation now precedes him and you're not going to be drafting Brees Hall as a large member of a committee or a scat back or something like that. I mean, hey, we assume rational coaching. We can't take that to the bank, but I think that the Jonathan Taylor comp is not too far off. I wouldn't go that high with him, but I do think he falls in that prototypical runner category. Najee Harris, even, of a guy who can get it done for you, isn't going to make a lot of mistakes. You feel really comfortable with him inside the five-yard line. You feel really comfortable giving him the ball at any point in the field, but I don't know if he's going to be able to hold a main vein type of role like Jonathan Taylor has. I'm excited to see what he's about. The opportunity should be there, but I'm not ready to buy it until I've seen it. Austin, Johnny, I'm going to do a follow-up question here. Johnny had mentioned Javante Williams for Kenneth Walker. You talked, we talked a little bit about Jonathan Taylor, or you said Najee Harris as well. You said before we started diving into these rookies that you thought the industry was kind of making it like, you know, this year's Najee Harris and Javante Williams, right? With our one and two. Do you still feel that way, Austin? Do you still feel that Brees Hall is the smart Najee Harris, you know, like what you should do pick and Kenneth or uh, Kenneth Walker's like your upside pick, Javante Williams? I swing for upside, baby. I'm going Kenneth Walker, but I think the smarter pick is Brees Hall. If you're trying to do, if you're trying to minimize risk, it's not a bad route to go but I'm a little bit more pro risk. So I'd be drafting myself some Kenneth Walker, but I expect for Brees Hall to be the first off the board. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And when we look at what he ranked well in uh, seventh in force, missed tackles 74 there uh, 11th in zone attempts, seventh in carries of uh, 15 or more yards. So really was a guy that got it all done. Could do it all. I mean, he was that home run hitter. When we looked at it, he scored a lot of touchdowns. A lot of those were in inside the five though. PFF has him as a bell cow, Johnny. <laughs> Travis was uh, like, he, we're, watch, we're watching film, and Travis just goes, how many times were these guys within the five-yard line? Jeez, because it was just like the first parts of his highlights were just all within the five-yard line, just smashing in for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least he got it in. I mean, that's that's the idea. Hey, you that's, know, at hey, least he got hey, it in. Yeah, that's, hey, that's the Friday him, night motto, him. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> aren't we all? Is it that? Yeah. I'm glad that well, we're seeing Johnny, some more nuance. got it in, dude. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, hey, you got a kid coming up. I got a kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no denying it there. It's maybe a little bit of denying, though, the Jonathan Taylor comparison, says Scott. Yeah, Scott. 
You're comparing Hall to Taylor. You stoned? Yeah, but this has nothing to do with it. JT had three consecutive <laughs> 2,000-yard seasons in college. He was the easiest can't-bust guy at running back in years. Yeah, I love therapists coming in here. We're not exactly comparing Taylor to Hall or vice versa. Therapist lays it out here. Hall's athletic profile is very similar to Taylor, but tape-wise, of course, Taylor was better. That's where we're at, Scott. Yeah. We're not saying any of these guys because, listen, that's this is what I want to get across because we're going to do this the next few weeks. None of these guys are one-for-one one the other guy. We know that. It's just when you look at their production in college, maybe that's not it. When you look at their physical attributes, that could be it. When you look at what they were able to do receiving-wise in college, that could be it. So all of these things have to do with each other as far as why we compare. And you just look to what you know already. And so we've seen Jonathan Taylor, and we've seen what he profiled as. Um, and there's other guys that they compared him to as well. Um, but that's where you're at here. What was PFF's also, comp here? Also, Kevin Smith, yeah. So. Oh, good old Kevin Smith. Love that guy. Also, here we also have to realize this, too. Um, I, I might have to go check. I don't know if I, like, you know, skipped over last year's uh, or two years ago's draft and just had a, a you know, a blank spot in my brain for it. But I'm pretty sure Jonathan Taylor did not go number one in that draft. Boy, nor Clyde! Did he, nor did he go number two. It was DeAndre Swift, right? Like, DeAndre Swift yeah. got drafted over Jonathan Taylor. So, again, it Dude, might sound some, like Johnny always making but, making a chance to put some respect on Swift's name. Of don't, course, don't always, say anything, dude. Yeah. yeah, always got to put respect on, on D. Swift's name. But what I'm saying is, like, yeah, we, so, like, these comps are somewhat, like, it, it seems a little crazy. But, again, you're just trying to say what do the number – what statistically – comps to another player so you can kind of get an idea once again there are a lot more factors though that go into hey is that guy actually as productive as uh, we think or can he reach the ceiling of said player ronald saying no you guys think they're clones <laughs> exactly <laughs> i love it i love it Built all right guys, so when we look at this you know johnny the bell cow role is there for Brees hall i we look at you know, oh, so you're not in on Brees Hall. You're gonna, you're, I, gonna I just think, you're in no, on no, Isaiah no, no. Spiller as the number one running back in this no, class. No, I'm well. I do actually think, yeah. I, I well, I think at, when we're looking back like three years from now, four years from now, I think that Is, we'll say Spiller was the best. Uh, oh, geez, don't. Hopefully not. <laughs> um, he was gonna be so but, good, man. That Tennessee running back. He was. He had that role. God, I'm I'll, excited. Well, I'll be honest with you, though. I'll be honest with you. I'm watching this game tape. And there are even even with with the spiller, you know, as much as I'm claiming or jumping, you know, I guess I'm putting my flag into spiller now. But as much as I liked him, like I really didn't look at any of these guys, even like Brees Hall. I didn't look at them and say, yep, he's an automatic bell cow. I honestly my first thought on most of these guys was they're going to be in a time split where a team is going to like their upside for one specific reason or another, like either their speed, the burst, whatever they're going to need them as that secondary uh, running back or that, that bell cow first one, that's going to get, you know, the plotter. So, but I'm not looking at any of these guys as of right now, again, this is April 7th. There's no landing spots as of right now, but I, I could definitely, see us being very disappointed once the draft comes that none of these guys land in a spot where we're like, Oh, Najee Harris. That's a, it's an automatic. Well, you know, landing in a spot landing. versus if they are good enough to be a bell cow are two different things. That's, mm. that's what I'm saying. Brees Hall is the one guy who I think checks all the boxes to be an automatic, like go and get yourself some this season. Cause even Javante who we really liked, we knew it was gonna you it was gonna have to be a wait and see thing, mm -hmm. and then you got into that point. Yeah, I do agree with you. When we mentioned the teams that at the top here, you know, it's not as clear as last year. Last year we had Pittsburgh, we had the Jets, we had Miami, we had Atlanta. All those openings that were like, if they get a running back, we really like that. We don't really have that this year. Austin, like Josh Jacobs. Yeah, is he, like, is he gonna come in like a Josh Jacobs? Like he comes in, he's got the role, he's right there, he's good. But a few years later, we might be saying, "I think there's still room for another." I think that's possible back. with a Brees yeah. Hall for sure. I do think that Brees Hall is a good 
projected like in everybody's models he's in that 89 to 93 percentile mark which is really good you get guys like you know zeke not not saying that he is zeke but they, these are the guys the dalvin cook the rashad pennies the guys that could warrant first round talent like if any of these guys is going to go in the first like Brees or kenneth walker makes sense to me to go in the first but then we see you know if somebody gives you know Patrick Mahomes, the uh, option, he might draft somebody, you know, maybe he drafts Isaiah Spiller, Johnny's yeah, boys. Man, yeah, that's, dude. That's hey, you get you, it. You, you um, they're going to be like, hey, I trust my boy. Game time. There's been a lot here. of guys in here hyping up. Jersey Jay, the therapist, a lot of people coming in saying that Brees Hall is going to be a dominant uh, back. Guys, we've talked a little bit about it. Which landing spot? is the most attractive and and just give me the the ideal dream scenario running back and landing spot for you and for fantasy football purposes johnny i'll start with you for for hall or just for any any of these guys guys. yeah so um i i think that if you get i think i think Brees hall could be a guy that the the Cardinals would like, you know, he, he would fit that really nice mold of he can catch out of the backfield. Right. James Connor could still be that number one plotter. And then again, mm-hmm. once James Connor, you know, retires or, you know, we, he's done, then you now can turn the reins over. If you, if you truly do see a bell cow in him, or, you know, that you need to draft a secondary running back to, to pair with him. So I do like that fit ultimately uh, for, for Brees hall, but, it's just from schematic wise, I I would absolutely love, like I said, I would love to see James Cook go to one, like, you know, uh, one of these zone, you know, Miami, something like that, because that would really open the door for potential and upside. And then the last thing I'll just say, I, I think Atlanta is going to be an interesting uh, spot here. Uh, especially if you talk about like Brees Hall, I could, that's another player I could definitely see them going after. And then it's like, okay, now what does this do with the fantasy glitch? Are we really concerned with him? What kind of workload can we see um, with, with that? So Atlanta is someone, and Arizona, I think those two are very interesting landing spots. Freak Stomper calling you out says, every answer for Johnny is the Cardinals. Every time. No. I just know we need a running back other than James Conner. Austin, are you feeling what Johnny's saying? What do, what do you have as your ideal dream scenario for, for a rookie running back here? I just want to see Atlanta stick a running back. That's what I would really like to see. A team that has had a lot of running back success in years past, but just has not had a guy that they want to plug in. I mean, it was Mike Davis. Cordero Patterson came in and was awesome. And that was great to see what he did. And I like that he's back for a one-year deal, but they still need a plotter. And I would like to see Brees Hall go to an opportunistic situation where he gets a ton of work and we get a clear idea of what he's about. I don't want to see a Travis ETN type of thing where we take a running back and they say, we're going to make him a safety, you know, like some weird <laughs> stuff like that. Like, let's, let's we're see playing we're both about. sides of the ball. Yeah. yeah, I'm with Freak Stomper here. The Bills is where I want to see either Kenneth Walker or Brees Hall go to. And I'm this is not just shade because I was a Zach Boss truther and I don't want to believe in Devin Singletary. I think I'm around. I'm, I've come around on Devin Singletary. I think he's worth the draft pick if they don't go and get somebody like this. But imagine Kenneth Hall or Brees or Kenneth Walker or Brees Hall in this offense. This offense that said all offseason they want to recommit to the run and save their hundred million dollar quarterback and their hundred million dollar wide receiver for the long term. I think either of those running backs we talked about to Buffalo could be just a smash spot. dude i love that i just want to add into that really quickly a team like buffalo which is so complete has been a super bowl contender for the last couple of years might be the super bowl favorite in the afc coming out on that side and they're drafting later in that in the draft right yeah. and so if you have a chance to actually grab the best player at an impactful position it doesn't actually seem like an irresponsible move yeah it's like yeah. a sexy pick and it's exciting which to me, oftentimes suggest, you know, you're not as being res- as responsible as you should. You should be drafting an interior lineman, you know, something like that. But it's like, no, this you could get the best player in the entire draft and he's going to one of the best teams like the rich get richer. I like that Bills take, Travi. Yeah, yeah we. Uh, I, I, th- I think that could be it. And I, I just want to give credit to Frank Stomper because I was actually going to go with Atlanta. But earlier when I was talking about Brees Hall, I remember saying the Bills as well. So I think the Bills just are set up. You look at other teams. The, the Los Angeles Chargers are another one. I know Eckler exists. He's a fantasy darling. 
but he's a guy that they've always, you know, as an organization, haven't always oh, been yeah, like, hey, he's the number one guy. So if if you get one of these guys, like even Zamir White, if Zamir White mm-hmm. goes to the Chargers, that's a guy you could look at as a guy that could be a, a touchdown vulture. That's the low end fantasy wise. Then if you go higher end with a guy like Brees Hall, like if you put Brees Hall with Austin Eckler, that run game is is nasty. So well, something or, else to think or about walker there. could you imagine if walker goes to the chargers when his yeah. comp was lt oh yeah well yeah <laughs> also want to shout out shout out a whisper nation mentioning the titans johnny you had talked about the titans picking up a backup running back there it could be a plotter they also could go a scat back i know darianton evans was there but he hasn't been so i think they could go with that route football therapist shouting that out yeah. jersey j as well i can see that yeah. happening yeah. yeah we talked a little bit about that all right. Well, that wraps up our rookie running back show pre-draft. Uh, we will obviously be getting into these guys once they get landing spots as well. Stick with us. Make sure you're subscribed on all the platforms so you can get with us as we go live every Monday and Thursday over on YouTube. And we broadcast that out. Plus, we have the podcast as well, and we'll be clipping some videos out for you all. Before we close out the show, I want to give the mic to my man, Austin, for some closing words here, brother. All right. I appreciate that one. Whisper Nation, man, you are like a family over here. It's true. Got my boys right up here, two of my best friends, and it's such a joy to do it with it. And I give that shout out to the family contributions and the comments here because uh, tomorrow would have been my mom's 64th birthday. Uh, But six days ago, she passed away after some medical issues and um, just a couple of tough years. So while my mom was never a huge sports fan, she was the most competitive person that I have ever known. When she dr- grabbed the Honey Bun location card in Candyland when I was four years old, she literally jumped up and down and made my four-year-old yes just start crying. And I know that she would have absolutely loved to be a part of Whisper Nation um, if the timing had worked out a little bit differently. And I'm just so happy to be here with everybody and get to share memories of her and these different uh, points as, as we move forward, as we all do. Well, Austin, uh, obviously so sorry for your loss, but something you said there, she is a part of Whisper Nation, man. She's with us right now. Uh, She's in our hearts right here. And, you know, I never got the pleasure to meet your mom, uh, but I know that she raised an incredible man and she, you know, she has a a lot to do with that. And so I love you very much, man. And so sorry for your loss, but uh, I know she's uh, in a better spot right now. So that means so much. And look at Whisper Nation just pouring out for you, man. As you said, yeah, they are family, and they're just coming in here all pouring in the love. Robert Miller, Jersey J, Calvin Brown, Freak Stomper, Ronald Kala, all the guys that joined in today, Do a 420, Scott. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you guys, and you make it worth doing this. I know that much. I speak for everyone there. So Love you guys. Love, love you, too, you too, man. Love Whisper Nation as well. For Johnny Game Time Hicks. For Austin Sear, I am Big Travi, and we're the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Right here. Congratulations on making it to the end of the video. If you still have a lot to say about fantasy football, maybe you want to give Johnny a little bit of crap for. Oh. Right here. Oh, hey, you made it to the end of the video. If you like what you saw and you want to learn how to dominate your own draft and win your own league, head on.